This podcast is brought to you by Upcase. Improve your development skills by completing coding exercises that are peer-reviewed by real humans. Learn more at Upcase.com. <laughs> what is happening? The service is, is great. Now, I, I think as long as we don't touch anything or speak too loudly into the microphones, we're going to be okay. Hey everybody, this is Gordon in Raleigh. And this is Mark in San Francisco. And this is Build Phase. What's up? Hmm. How's it going? Good. It's been a long time since we've released an episode. Yeah, what happened? I have no idea. Oh. The service that we're so so I'm on the road now. I'm in I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina, which is beautiful, by the way. We're, so I'm officially on the road. I'm officially on my road trip. And so we're trying this new technology, this new app that's supposed to help for doing these kind of like remote sessions. And uh, it totally just borked the last one horribly. Like, it's, I guess uh, I tried to get Tom to release it. I swear to God. Let me see if I can find the transcript of what Tom told me it sounded like. Because I was like, that kind of sounds awesome. Can we just release that maybe? I I didn't realize we just flat out were skipping an episode. No one told me this. Well, I mean, we didn't mean to. And I, so I said, what happened? What did it sound like? He said that you sounded okay. And I started at normal speed, but with wildly high levels. And by the end of the show, I was clipping and it was like I was playing back at one and a half times speed and I was completely out of sync with your side by 10 minutes to which I replied, can we just release that? That sounds kind of awesome. Can we just put that over music and put it on <laughs> that's, iTunes? That's what I wanted to do. I really wanted to do that. Build phase chopped and screwed version. Yeah. He, he wouldn't let me. Oh, well. All right. So it's been like so, four months. Been since like we've months. Had an yeah. Four months. Yeah. Pretty much. It's September now. It is September. We've officially transitioned into baseball phase. I mean, yeah, hundred percent. That's a rough. This is this is weird. We're in very flipped. Well, not quite. I mean, we're not, not we're not the worst team in the league. <laughs> hey, we weren't the worst team in the league last year. But no, it's like like we're uh, this is this is stressful, and we're we're in a four game series. So so right now, as of this recording, we're half a game up on the Rangers for the lead of the AL West. And we're one game into a four game series with the Rangers. So it's just like, Oh, all of this is so, this is just so stressful right it's now. Huge. And it's really weird to care this much about baseball in September. Mm-hmm. In four days, you could find yourself three and a half games back. That's nuts. That's terrifying. Don't say it that way. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I was sitting at the game last night. I went to the Giants game, and I was just watching the out-of-town scoreboard all night. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah, and they've been really depressing games where we've either, like, uh, the the games that we won, like, we we dropped two to the A's, two out of three to the A's, and then we dropped two out of three to the Angels, and now we've dropped the first of four to, rain, to the Rangers. It's just like, oh, Man, and the only game we won against the Angels, we won in the last inning of the ninth. Sorry, the last out of the ninth inning. It was two outs, two strikes in the top of the ninth. We were 
the away team. So top of the ninth, and it was three nothing. It was a shutout game with one pitch to go, and it went home run. Then the next what four batters? It was home run, triple, single, 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 three run home run, and we won five. Five to five to three. Somebody was definitely looking out for you at at the point where the ball is stuck in Featherson's glove. Dude, like, I couldn't what believe that. That that was a gift. It was just a line. So there was just a line shot single right at the second baseman, and he caught it. But it got it came off the bat at like a hundred miles an hour, so it got wedged in the webbing of his glove. And it's just like, when does that happen? And then even the even the the three run home run was like that was a catchable ball. He um, who was that? Who's their their right fielder? I can't remember his name right. Calhoun. Now. Yeah, Calhoun. Calhoun was there at the ball, and just it was like off by inches. He should have caught it. Yep, yep. I don't understand yeah. what happened. Yeah, that was unbelievable. Yeah, and against Houston Street, Houston Street doesn't do that. He's one of the right. best closers in the game. Right, but just incredible. I watched that yeah. twice because I couldn't I couldn't believe what was happening. It's insane. It's insane. I was sitting there just depressed, right? Because he was like, ugh. The the Rangers had already won. This was gonna put the Angels at two and a half games back and the Rangers at half a game back. And it was just like, what a the last basically the second half of the season has just been ups and downs for us, where it's just like every road trip is just miserable. And it's just like God, just got to get through this road trip and get back home because we get home and we're just dominant, mm-hmm. super dominant at Minute Maid. But the second we're on the road, it's like we're playing under 500 on the road for got, half the season. I've got some numbers there for you. Uh-oh. The Astros are 9-25 and 25 on the road since the 4th oh, of July. God. And, you know, most of your runs are coming from home runs. Yeah. So at Minute Maid Park, I mean, 17.4% of your fly balls go for home runs. When you're on the road, it's just 11.4%. Right. So when you're in a when you're in a pitcher-friendly ballpark, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. Luckily, yeah. you end the season at Chase Field where the ball's just going. Right. Right. And and theoretically, we should be able to take a few some of these games against the Rangers and then we're going home and playing Seattle, I think. Back back home so it's like we we're ending we have a short home stand i think we have a short home stand do we end at home or do we end no you end on the road actually oh. you're going to be in seattle and then arizona for your last two oh oh my bad i thought we went i thought it was a home stand whatever and safeco field's gonna be rough it's big <laughs> I'm I'm just hoping that we I mean it's been a phenomenal season like I've loved watching this season where like in all seriousness regardless of what happens it's been a lot of fun having a winning team like we've just dominated the AL West basically all season. Do you know, do you have number do you know how long we've been I want to know I don't know how many days we've been in first. I I don't have those numbers. No. It was like it's a, it's the vast majority of the season has been spent in first place. Uh, it's been us or the Angels. That's the only two teams, and the Angels have only been in first for like maybe thirty days, forty days, something like that. It's fun caring about baseball. Mm-hmm. It's been surprising. It's been a surprising year. It's been a really surprising year. How the Padres would be doing 
I would not have guessed they'd yeah. be in fourth place behind the Diamondbacks. Right. Yeah, or that the A's would be like the worst team in the AL. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, holy crap, who would have, who saw that coming? Mm-hmm. Or that we'd be in first. You know, or that the Chicago Cubs would be the fourth best team in baseball. <laughs> like, and it yet are still I mean, somehow third place. In, in our third place in their division like that like you tell me that the, okay the nl central is going to have three of the top four teams in baseball why how does that that never happens why would that happen it's insane yeah you would think that they would even each other out because they're just playing each other so much but no they're just destroying everybody else around them right i mean they're destroying milwaukee and they're destroying cincinnati yeah i mean we could have both wildcard teams from the same division that actually almost happened last year in the AL because it was the A's. Didn't the A's made the A's made it into the wild card? Right. And we we knocked Seattle out of the wild card, the second wild card spot on the one of the last days of the season last year. Yep. So it ended up being A's Royals. And the mm-hmm. A's choked. The Royals <laughs> won that game, and then we and still then, and then the Royals just blew through the angels yeah. and the Orioles. Yeah. And then they met Madison Bumgarner. Yeah. Good times. Can we talk last about the year. Indians real quick. <laughs> sure. Where did the Indians super go? racist? That's, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. <laughs> oh, Why you gotta do okay. that? I, I feel like a, a few weeks ago they were no one. And now they're just four and a half games out of a wild card spot. Yeah. They come out of nowhere. What's happening. They got some good, good pitching. Some good pitching. Mm-hmm. Klubes. That dude chews us up. Every, every, holy shit. Every time we're up against him, it's just like, I'm not even going to watch this game. This is just going to be dark. I mean, if any pitcher's going to chew you up, at least it's a, a former Cy Young winner. Yeah. I think that's what I'm really looking forward to is trying to see what, uh, or seeing what, seeing what the Astros do in terms of awards this year because I think we have a shot at I think Keuchel's got a shot at Cy Young for the AL Cy Young award and I think that I think that Correa has a great shot at the the AL rookie of the year that kid is just a freaking phenom we're not going to win any batting titles this year or anything but or pitching titles I don't think unless you know golden glove pitcher golden glove nonsense mm-hmm yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the at the batting title stats. Cabrera's on top, but I'm not sure he's had enough at bats to qualify this year because he was out for a oh, long really? time. He's at 339. So below him though, Xander Bogarts 320, uh, Michael Brantley 320, and then Altuve's at 314. Yeah, no, he's doing. He's still doing great. He had a slow middle of the season. He kind of dipped down and got down below 300 for a little while, and then pop came back up. And you know, he's. If you're finishing the season up at, you know, three, 10 plus, like mm-hmm. you're solid, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're just a solid batter. It's a good chance. Posey could take it for the national league right now. It's Bryce Harper on top at three thirty three. The batting title. Yeah. And then Posey and D Gordon are tied at three twenty seven. Mm-hmm. Nice. So if nothing else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. And Brandon Belt has a good chance at a gold glove at first base this year. His fielding percentage is the highest in the in the entire league at nine ninety eight at first base. Jeez, that's crazy. 
So the next three days are going to be rough for me in general. We're sponsored this week by Media Temple. For years, Media Temple's grid service has been the web hosting choice of more designers, developers, and creative professionals than any other platform. That's because a single grid account can host anything from your portfolio site to 100 different client projects. And the grid is ready for anything. Hundreds of servers work together to keep your sites online, even if you suddenly hit the front page of Reddit. Special discount for Build Phase listeners. You can use the promo code BUILD25 for 25% off your web hosting. Just go to mediatemple.net and enter your promo code upon sign up. So what else is going on? Not a whole lot. Yeah. Been fighting build tools. Hey, me too. I know so much about how Xcode builds shit now. Me? Well, I know a lot about Xcode build the tool now. More than way more than I did last week. So for a couple of weeks, we have not been able to get our app archived number one on the on the xcode betas and finally when the gm came out it archives correctly and we tried to submit it to itunes connect and it would get bounced immediately we would get an email that would complain about invalid swift support so i was battling that for a few days literally i spent one entire day i shit you not last friday looking at build logs yeah like the build navigator and i just like would just read output i i did that all day trying to figure out what exactly was going on uh, it turns out it's CocoaPods. Sure. And I'm filing an issue uh, with it right now. It's it's a very specific case where you're using CocoaPods and you're having mm-hmm. CocoaPods build frameworks. And one of those frameworks needs Swift 2. Also, your app needs to be importing a module that is outside the normal set of Swift modules, like the baseline ones, like the typical Objective-C, Foundation, UI kit. And it needs to be one that that dependency does not require. Okay. So in this case, what happens then is when you archive and you submit it to iTunes Connect, you get an email that says that that, that dynamic library, you know, libswift, in our case, webkit, libswiftwebkit.dialib does not match what's in your payloads folder inside of the app. Hmm. And it says, you know, don't apply any sort of post-processing like after building um, and then resubmit. And so after okay. looking through the build logs, I realized that, you know, there's a tool that runs at the end of the compilation process, which is called Swift Standard Lib Tool. And it it mm-hmm. analyzes your app, looks at all of the Swift modules that it needs, copies them in, and signs them. Okay. And it and it was getting all of them, including WebKit. And so going back in the log, I see that the CocoaPods embed framework script is doing something similar, except it's not doing it to WebKit. Because it's only moving all of the Swift libraries that the dependencies need, but it's not actually analyzing the app itself to see which ones it needs. Okay. okay. So that seems pretty odd. I think this was needed on Swift one before because when you would build, it didn't recognize that your dependencies required these Swift dialibs. And if you didn't need them, they just wouldn't get copied in. Uh-huh. Right? So the CocoaPods script you. is like trying to get out in front of that, see what the pods need and like moving it all in. It seems now mm-hmm. that that Swift standard lib tool does the right thing. It looks at the frameworks, mm-hmm. resolves all the dependencies and moves everything over. What I think is happening is when the Apple script goes to do it and it sees that these have already been copied, it just kind of like freaks out and vomits all over itself and then <laughs> decides to just kind of short circuit the process and never yeah. I don't I think it never code signs that one, you know, dynamic library that just happens to be required by the app but not by the frameworks that are pulled in with CocoaPods. Mm-hmm. 
So I learned that like if you just go into that embed framework script and you select that one area that it just moves all of the uh, Swift dynamic libraries over and just comment it out, build this it in Cocoa iTunes. Pops? Yeah, it's totally fine. Yeah. Hmm. Totally fine. Fun. <laughs> yep. Good stuff. And so you opened an issue on that? I'm about to. I'm doing a write-up. Well, that sounds exhausting. Yeah, but I feel accomplished. Yeah, you learned something. I learned a lot, yeah. Right? Yeah. And I did it by reading logs. That's pretty right. hardcore. Right. Right. That's cool. And that's basically, you've been doing that for like a week? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, I also had to pull the watch extension out because we've just given up on that. Because that's a... Because of the framework name issues? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, luckily we didn't already frustrating. It. Mm-hmm. It's not like we have to ship this new version and still have the watch app because this is crap. So we just pulled it out. It's sitting in a branch at some point. Um, the, Whenever they, just, they fix this bug. It's fixed in the 7.1 beta. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so when that comes out, we will put the extension back in and then ship that. Got it. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> That's horrible. Do you want to talk about what that bug is? I don't know enough about it. I just saw people complaining about it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So if you have a watch extension that uses a framework that has the same name as as a framework, framework. app, it just will not archive. So, ba- so basically, yeah. So it's that it's that when you build... Hold on. Tom, edit that out. When you build... <laughs> Leave that in. <laughs> when you build... When you create a a framework, it's super fun for people like us who are writing frameworks. Every time Apple releases a new (laughs) platform, you have to create a framework specifically for that platform. So like if you look at Argo right now, there's an Argo. It's all the exact same source code. There's Argo, Argo iOS, Argo, they're all named Argo, but like you have schemes that are like Argo iOS, Argo Mac, Argo Watch OS, and soon to be Argo TV OS. Because we need to build, we need to build four different framework types for the four different platforms. It's fairly infuriating, honestly. I think there's a way to build universal frameworks, but Carthage didn't support it until like literally today. I mean, a released version of Carthage didn't support it till like, I guess, two days ago. But so you can build universal frameworks that I think will work across the board. I have no idea how that works with your thing. But the point is that for ease of use, what a lot of framework maintainers have been doing, including us, is just naming them all the same thing, right? So everything gets output as just argo.framework. And then you just pull it all in and you keep it separated. And then in your code, you just do import Argo. That's all you have to do, right? doesn't matter what platform you're building for. It's always just called Argo. And so the bug you're talking about is that when you use a watch kit version of a framework and an iOS version of a framework and they're named the same thing, you get archive errors, right? Yes. Exactly. And I'm assuming that's just because it can't figure out how to put those both in the same app bundle at the same time. Yeah, I guess. Um, and, and so their recommended workaround was just just change the product module name. 
It's not sure. that easy. You change sure. the product yeah. module name and there are a bunch of other build settings that use that, that use that variable themselves. Right. The other problem is, is that we have, okay, so we have a new framework that we've written called Venmo kit, which wraps up all of our interactions with the API mm -hmm. completely written in Swift too. It's awesome. Um, mm -hmm. in that we are also using a fork of SS keychain that supports Swift mm -hmm. too. Okay. Mm -hmm. We need both of those on, on iOS and the watch. And so it's not just a matter of like changing names. It's now also in Venmo kit. When we import SS keychain, we have to have directives like, you know, checking what platform are we on so that we can import the right version of the framework. Right. And it actually gets worse than that because there's another one in the mix. Mm. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just so bad. That, I just decided to screw it. I really wonder if universal frameworks aren't. I didn't, the I didn't answer. know about that, but that would be great. I actually didn't even know that, that that was a thing. It is a thing. It's very rarely used because it's very poorly supported. I have no, all I know is that they are a thing. All I know is that Carthage can now build universal frameworks. I have no idea what that means. In fact, if you do know, and you want to write in or ping me on Twitter or do whatever and tell me more about universal frameworks and, and limitations, I'd love to know because if we could switch Argo over to a single universal framework, that's just tested on the Mac, that would be perfect. And the same for runes, every frame I I'm freaking, I keep getting, you know, I'm connected to like four or five different frameworks at this point. I'd love to reduce and they all follow the same pattern. They all have multiple schemes building multiple frameworks and in multiple test bundles because you want to be able to test them on multiple things, blah, blah, blah. It's a pain in the ass. And I'd much prefer to build one framework that works everywhere. Right. Yep. I mean, that would be killer. Mm hmm. That, that would be the real solution to the problem, I think. And then you can build a specific iOS. So like, you know, we have a, like a, a custom collection view flow layout subclass thing that we built that is open source. Well, that one, we just build an iOS framework because obviously you don't need that on any other platform, but everything else, Argo and runes and result and curry and like all these kind of things. I think reactive cocoa could benefit from this too. You know, Moya, Alamo fire, all these things could benefit from just having a single framework that they build. Are you pulling those in your frameworks? Are you pulling those in through cocoa pods? No, we, okay. Carthage for everything that we can. Our stuff is all Carthage. Uh, there are a okay. few things that we need cocoa pods for crashlytics and fabric. Uh, we're using a library TZ stack view. Mm -hmm. which is a backport of stack views for iOS eight. Yep. Yep. And other little things, uh, help shift, just like a mm -hmm. help support thing. A few things we need cocoa pods for. Yeah. No, I was just curious because I don't know how they work with that. I, I'm, I, I don't know if that's an issue for them or how they would get around that issue if it is right. Cause they support watch kit too. And so they're just dynamically creating and building these frameworks. So are they changing? Like if I, if I have, 
let's use Argo as an example because it's easy. If I use, if I do specify to pull in Argo as a pod and I specify that I need it in iOS and watch OS, does it create a special named, like a specially, a different, like a Argo dash watch OS framework? And then just use a module map to make sure that its name is Argo. Not, not clear. Yeah. The, the thing I, that makes me think that it might be okay on CocoaPods is that the submitter that added the support to Carthage is Boris. Right. I mean, that seems like something that they would want to get working in CocoaPods before contributing it to Carthage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not super clear on how, on how uh, CocoaPods is even doing it. I don't know. I don't know. I keep having um, people keep running into issues with Argo right now on CocoaPods, specifically on CocoaPods, because of we're doing wacky shit with submodules. Do you know CocoaPods supports submodules? No. <laughs> no. So, so, so you can do weird shit <laughs> with CocoaPods. This is something I learned a few weeks ago. You can pass a flag. So in our, in the source for Argo, for the source command, so you do like S or spec. You create a pod spec and then you have that. It's kind of like a builder, right? So inside the block, you have that S that represents the current spec that you're building. You S.source equals, and then that's when you normally pass in your normal git thing and then what tag to look at. There's another flag you can pass to that, which is use submodules or just submodules. And that's a Boolean value, true or false. If you set that to true, when CocoaPods pulls your source code down, it will also pull the submodules down, which is not super useful unless you're doing weird shit like Argo, where Argo is including runes as a dependency. So Argo for Swift 2.0, it's including runes as a dependency, but not as a public dependency, only as a private dependency. The only thing runes, the only thing Argo actually needs from runes is the operator definitions. So the actual operator definitions, the, the precedence and the associativity for the map, flat map, apply operators, Right. That's so before when you wrote an Argo parser before you'd have to do import Argo import runes. The only reason you were actually importing runes is so that because Argo already supplied the implementations for those operators, but it wasn't supplying the definition for the operators. This is kind of a holdover from when Argo was doing optionals. So what Argo does now is it imports specifically links against runes.swift, not runes.framework, but runes.swift, the file inside runes that defines the operators. It specifically links that into the project and builds that with the project so that now all you need to do in Argo is import Argo and you get your, you can basically just delete. Most people will be able to just delete the runes imports from their code entirely. But it's, I think it's a really nice change. It means that you don't have to worry about runes. You then pull in runes if you need those same operators for optional or array, right? So it, it, has, it makes a nice separation of concerns. 
you can apply the same technique to other libraries like result could use this technique to implement their flat map. I actually have a pull request open. That's fairly stagnant. I should push a little bit on, but there's a, there's a pull request open and, and result to do the same thing. Basically the idea is to centralize the definition of operators and not have a bunch of different people defining these operators all over the place. Okay. I, why don't you just have runes as a spec dependency and then just import the module in your Argo umbrella header? Um, I don't see why. It, because that it's a development dependency, kind of. Like no, no, why? no, no. I mean, it's no, it's a, it's a dependency for users for end users. Even if you did that, if I, so, the only two things I could do is I can do that where I import runes in my umbrella header, but you still have to link. Uh, runes into your project it, using Carthage. Okay, but on well, on Carthage, why didn't you just put it in the cart file.private and do it that way? It is. It is. But that but it would still you'd still need to build and pull it in. You would still need to have runes in your linked into your application. Well, right, right. Like yeah, like any any dependency of a Carthage framework also has to get put in. It, it like flattens the whole thing, right? right? And you just need to put them all in, right? Okay. What's the problem there? I don't like exposing that. It's, it's, it's an extra thing to have to explain to people. Okay. I think it's an, I, I don't, I don't like it as an extra thing to have to explain. And this is the lightest weight for the end user. This is the same result with less End user overhead. Okay, and I guess it's what like four lines of code. It's nothing. It's nothing. I mean, it's 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 nothing for. It's just changing a linking setting. It's removing a framework and then just specifically linking to something in the Xcode project. And then for CocoaPods, it's adding that submodules thing and then changing the source. Um, or changing the file, whatever the thing is that says, look at all the, here are the files to compile. It's adding that specific file in. So it's dead simple on both sides. And the end result is for the user, for you as a user of Argo, you don't ever have to care that Rune, that Argo even knows about runes. It's not even, it's nothing that you even have to worry about. The only other way to do that, it would be to embed runes in Argo, but that just results in bloat if then you need to bring in runes yourself, you would have duplicate frameworks. You know what I mean? Like Argo would have its version of runes and then you would have your version of runes and that's just annoying and it's that's kind of bad practice. This way links in one file. So there's one file that's duplicated between things, but it's centralized with source control and stuff. So Point of this being that that turns out that submodules flag. So if you if you say pod Argo and then say git and then this git thing and then this branch, it looks at the pod spec, right? And it pulls the pod spec down, but it ignores that source command for the spec. It just completely disregards it. So it actually completely disregards the the submodules flag that we set. So all of a sudden people keep like it is in the past two weeks, now that people have been moving on to Xcode seven more, right? Cause it's 
actually is at GM. So people are finally starting to move to Swift 2 and starting to do Swift 2 upgrades. They're running into this because we haven't released a public version of whatever, like, I guess it'll be Argo 2.0. We haven't released a public version of it yet. So people are linking against the branch, but not specifying the, the sub modules. And so it's causing errors, which is kind of an interesting problem to have. Is this something that CocoaPods could fix for you? They could not ignore that. They could they could let let flags that are like they could basically merge the dictionaries. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You could take the dictionary from the pod spec and then merge it with the provided dictionary, and then you would get that submodules flag flag for free. There's an open issue about it, I think, or maybe it was a closed issue because it was like, well, if you're overriding the source, then we expect you to run into these kind of things. Plus, I think we're one of like three people that know about or use the submodules flag, you know, but it's not a big deal. It was just like a weird thing that like I didn't even know was possible. Like when I started looking into this, I was like, you can't. I was trying to figure out a way to do this specifically for result. What happened was, I think we talked about this a little bit, but what happened was result runes updated its precedences. Um, uh, uh, we got a pull request from Adam Sharp who updated all the precedences from runes to match relatively match the precedences set in Haskell. So like looking at all the operators, in the standard lib and then looking at the runes operators, let's set these accordingly. So we updated our precedences and then we pushed runes 2.0. It just worked with Argo. So that was fine. But then libraries that define their own version of like the flat map operator specifically, like reactive cocoa, I think had one and result had one and maybe box or something. I don't know. But all those, all of a sudden, anyone that was using, and if you're using runes, there's a damn good chance you're using those other libraries as well. So anyone that was using runes and runes got updated to the 2.0 version, if you were using runes 2.0 and any of these other things, all of a sudden Xcode flipped out because it said ambiguous operator definitions, which is true, right? You had two different operator definitions for the same operator with different precedences and it didn't know what to do about it. This is the bug. I actually filed a bug about this. What was that? Two, three days ago? Yeah. I guess over the weekend I filed a bug about this because I ran into a similar thing on runes, whatever. But so what, so that, so everything freaked out. And so we, everybody had to go back and update all of their operator definitions to basically conform to runes operator definition. And the second that started happening, I was like, this is stupid. You know what I mean? Like this is, this is obviously not the way this should work. You shouldn't get notified, right? Like as an end user, you should have more control over it than this. And as a library maintainer, you shouldn't have to go look and see what this thing defined it as and then define it yourself. There should be some way to share that definition. So I think this was actually a suggestion from there's a suggestion from someone in that re, in that thread on result that you could pull it in this way and this worked pretty well I think We're, I think only Argo is doing this so far but I, I kind of like the technique anyway I wrote a Vim thing should I talk about my Vim thing 
Um, can we save it? I'm sure. a little short on time. Oh, yeah. We've been recording for a little while. All right. Uh, so I guess we should wrap up. Yep. Cool. Show notes for this episode are going to be found at buildphase.fm slash 91. And as always, we'd like to hear from you. So email us at buildphase at thoughtbot.com or reach out on Twitter. It's at buildphase. And we always appreciate ratings and reviews on iTunes. Uh, good luck in the next week of baseball. Sure. The Dodgers. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, I'll talk to you later. All right, later. <laughs>